Welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. And if you're new to the show, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Lisa Watson, and I will be joined by my co-host, Nicole Frolick and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. And unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because it's been our experience that the echo chamber is a pretty boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you'll find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to sit down, grab a drink, and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And if you're interested in supporting our podcast and helping us to be able to continue to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support to our PayPal account at info at enlightenup.us, or go to our website, enlightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop, where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express your spiritual humor. All profits go towards the show. Thank you again so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Enlighten Up. We are so happy to be back with you again this week. And today we have another wonderful teacher for the Quantum Revolution Tour joining us today. Her name is Jen Ramsey, and she is a life and business strategist who helps people find their passion and tear down the walls of fear and anxiety, keeping them locked in a box. Coming from a background in a corporate consulting, she knows what it takes to turn life and old patterns on their head and live successfully from the heart and on your terms. As a key member of the Quantum Revolution team, she will lead the dance activations in Las Vegas designed to help you feel the freedom of living inside your body and find your purpose. She will also teach you how to live your new quantum reality when you return home. Jen, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I am just fantastic. Thank you so much, Nicole, uh, Lisa, and Brian, just for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here with you all. Thank you for joining us. And you're in Australia, right? I am. So I'm, I, yes, this accent good is morning. a little, good morning. It is, it is good morning. It is good morning, Brian. Yes. So this accent is a little bit different. It's just a pleasure to be, it's a really exciting thing for me to be working and being part of the Quantum Revolution team because it really shows you that we are in a global um, environment now and we, it doesn't matter where you are on the planet, you, we can come together and create something amazing. So I feel really honored. I, I changed my phone setting to be, to speak to me in an Australian accent, so I think it sounds just perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes, I I understand. I do understand Americans do like the Australian accent. Sometimes people, when I'm there, people think that I'm English. And um, a little side note: what, uh, last time I. I was, I was in the US a couple of years ago and I was coming through LAX quite late at night and I needed to fill up my water bottle and I spoke to the security. I just went to the security desk because there was literally no one there. It was quite an unusual time at LAX. And I said, look, I'd love to, could you tell me where the water fountain is, please? And the guys, both of them there said to me, they said, yes, we can, but we've got something we need you to do for us before you go fill up your water bottle. And I said, Sure, I was a little bit uncertain, and they said, "Can you just say the? Can you just say that word water again?" <laughs> because my accent is so different. I went water instead of water. So. 
That was good. That was really good. That was good American. You've been practicing your American. Yeah. I'm, I listen, well, you know, listen to you guys quite a bit as well. So, yeah. No, but it's fun. It's fun. We're all different, but yet we're all the same underneath, I think. So, which is Yeah. Really good. You know, when I, I lived in uh, the Cayman Islands for almost 10 years and – my first roommate was Australian. And so I just started taking on all your slang and, you know, the bottle shop or the bottle stop and the, what did you call it? The boot and all these different. (laughs) (laughs) I know there's some differences. And the C word, because the Australians use it like it's going out of style. So do the British. It's not a big thing um, anywhere but no. North America. Just yeah. In, just yeah, in North America. Yeah, yeah, well, it's probably probably not a word I use often, but um, yeah, I'm hearing you. I know it's some. Um, we've certainly we're probably a little bit laid more laid back here in some ways, and we do have some very strange. We have some different um, terminologies. The other thing that I find when, as I've been working more and more um, uh, with people in the US is everyone's uh, aversion to our dangerous animals, and um, I, you know, it's we do have you know snakes and spiders and all sorts of things here. And a month or so ago, I was uh, actually I was on a um, a Zoom uh, video conference with my Quantum Revolution team members and I was just, you know, we were talking away and it was quite an intense conversation and then all of a sudden I heard my dog Lucy bark and I went, oh, I've just got to go and deal with that. And I went outside and Lucy, who's a four and a half kilo um, toy poodle shih tzu, has a snake's head in her mouth. So, you know, we live in a, we live actually in a city, but with a lot of bush around us. So I did everything to sort of promote the fact that Australia is indeed a place with dangerous animals. Just, it's just <laughs> She survived. Well, I sort of rushed off. She did survive, which was good. We sort of had to, had to rush her off to the vet. And for the first hour and a half, we weren't sure whether or not she'd make it, but she's one courageous little thing and she did make it. So it was good. Wow. Was good. Wow. Well, mm. that's really funny considering um, Christian's uh, show was called beheading the um global snake <laughs> yeah I'm like that's no coincidence that is or brian that's quite a synchronicity no no yeah. no no. you pronounced it right the first time <laughs> okay oh, so synchronicity it's just pronounced coincidence yeah, okay <laughs> So Jen, talk to us about this um, idea of breaking down the walls of fears and anxieties because there's something that, you know, is really plaguing a lot of individuals these days and it's anxiety for, for sure. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about moving through fears, but a lot of people are going through um, a lot of different anxieties. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that and how you use that approach to help people find their potential? Yes, absolutely. And and you're right, Nicole. It's actually one of the things that's it's talked about. It's not talked about nearly enough. And I think that because there is a lot of stigma to it. And, you know, I'm someone who has been, you know, I've experienced anxiety and been an anxiety sufferer. So, and I feel I've really come out the other side of that. And, um, but it is, and, and it's something that I now feel quite committed to talking about because I feel for me when I was in the thick of it it was there was a very high level of shame I thought that there was something really wrong with me but that no one else you know no one else was experiencing that so I thought I was this very weird person and um that it couldn't control or manage her responses and then since I've been on my own journey and then come popped out the other side I can see so you know it is something that is very silent it's actually very insidious in people's lives and we're not we're not speaking about it enough it's not spoken about enough and I I was looking at the stats the other day in the US 40 million people experience anxiety 
And in Australia, we've got um, obviously a smaller population, but but another very large percentage of people here are experiencing anxiety. And, you know, this is something that it's not spoken about. And I think it, 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 it maintains its power over people because it's not spoken about. So I guess if you like, my comment is about actually coming out of the closet. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of, um, you know, there's, it's really, really important to actually to, to come out and start talking about this because if we're not talking about it publicly, then how can people find any, any way through or any way past it? And let me tell you, there is an absolute way past it. Um, it does take some time and there's different ways of, of dealing with it. And, um, and I guess in terms of perhaps if I just share a little bit of my journey, I was, I was someone who was what I would call a very high-functioning anxious person. So I was doing everything, you know, in my late teens, early into my twenties, where I was absolutely ticking all of the boxes. You know, I was, I was, I had a um, a great job. I was working corporately in a consulting role, which, which is, I think the anxiety supported that in some ways because you're always on your toes. But I um, ascended very, very quickly in that corporate advisory envir- environment, and by the time I was thirty, I was managing, you know, a dozen people. I was managing multi-million dollar accounts. It was, it, it was all on, yet. On the inside, I was burning up with this feeling of not good enough and this anxiety, but I hadn't even identified what it was. And then it took me then probably another 10 years to, to it was, wasn't until I turned about 40 when I actually had a really, what we would term a dark night of the soul. Um, and when I really, when I was really identified that I was, you know, I was experiencing not just anxiety, but I was experiencing something called generalized anxiety disorder, which was is pretty severe. And I was I was actually hospitalized at that time because I was in such a bad way. But I had spent really from my late teens until I was about forty in this in this haze of thinking, I'm there's something you know I'm I, I have these responses, I have these reactions, I feel, I'm having these feelings of, of deep seated prolonged fear. Um, but I, but I don't know. It doesn't have a name, and I just feel weird. I feel there's something wrong with me, and I don't know what to do. And um, and then things came to a head where where it was where I, where you know things became very clear in terms of of how you know how unwell I was. But that's how I think it might be for a lot of people: is that they don't feel that they quite fit in yet they don't know, or that they 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 don't quite know how to live their lives. It's like you're you're living your life, but you're living your life to about. 70 percent there's the, the next 30 percent you can never quite get to the edge of that because there's this thing holding you back called anxiety so um I'm curious because I've never I, I don't really ex- I've never had a severe case of anxiety other than like when I've had to um uh basically pitch a six minute um funding uh pitch to 150 angel investors once like mm-hmm. i had severe anxiety mm-hmm. over that but i've never experienced um ongoing anxiety on a i guess i guess what one called like a cyclical basis however both my sisters and my brother suffer from it mm. and so i'm from someone who's not experiencing it i what do you think is are you because what it sounded like to me is that perhaps one of the underlying roots of it, and I'm sure there are varying root, uh, roots to it, but it sounds like this there's a restriction um, around people and them discovering who they are. Like they're boxed in so tightly into something that it's almost like they're suffocating from actually experiencing themselves. 
Oh, you've put that so well. Yes, and absolutely it is. And look, there are different, you know, there are different causes and I can't, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a therapist in space, so I'm, I can't speak from that perspective. But what I can speak from, I guess, is a lived experience and also a lot, a lot of work that I've done in the space to to really recover myself. I've, I've recovered myself. There was some support from Western medicine, but most of it has been through my own, own work and also through the journey of really looking at the, the look at this, looking at this whole experience from a quantum perspective. And I'll talk a bit about that later, but you're exactly right. There's in, in fact, when you're, and if you haven't experienced it, it's very hard to understand. And so my sister is in the same position as you. She, she's not been able to understand the experience that I've had and it, that can be frustrating, but then you, you, you just move through that. But really what it is, when you're in the grip of an anxiety attack, and, and I would say to you that what I had was a very, you know, it was, was generalized anxiety disorder. So it's a, it's a general worry about everything. But it's when, so Nicole, you might have worries, you might worry about, you know, is the bin put out or, or you know, whatever it is that you, you're, that you might have, have a worry about. And that will come and that will go in your mind and it'll be just... It'll, it'll just come and go. For someone who's experiencing anxiety, that becomes this, it becomes this very internalized de- or downward spiral, but it's a rumination pattern of thoughts that just spiral around. If you can imagine, I'm, and with my finger at the moment, I'm drawing sort of like this circle, but if you can imagine grabbing a, a pen and drawing a, a circle on on a piece of paper and you're just constantly in the same circular pattern and the ink is building up on the page, it's building up, building up, you're getting this blacker and blacker space on the page it's that blackness that's occurring in your mind. You, you basically, um, you're in this space of just not being able to, to do anything other than just you're stuck in this thought pattern. And I liken it to being inside a dark room with the actual lights turned off. It's like you're frozen in time in this dark room. It's like the lights are turned off. You've got your, you've got a blindfold on and you are, when you're in a heightened anxiety state, you're so frozen, you can't even understand where you are and you wouldn't even think to try and find the light switch to turn the light switch back on. But when you are in the, um, when you're in a, what hopefully you, as you, what you come to realise as, as you start to, to learn to manage this, this state is that if I'm in a in heightened state, I come in, you recognise in your body, I come in a heightened state, what do I need to do to be able to, to find that light switch and turn the light back on? So I hope that that analogy is is useful to you. But what it, what I'm really talking about there is that you're so caught in it that you can't see anything out, any any other any way out, and it's this this cyclical thought pattern that just goes on and on and on, and you're really looking for a yeah. pattern to interrupt. That mm. I also have experienced that it comes and it goes, but mm-hmm. you know I describe it as just being stuck in this mental loop. Like there's a part of you that knows that you're in this loop and you see and feel the loop going around and around, but you don't have any idea how to get out of it. That's it. That's exactly right. And that's, you're exactly right, Lisa. That's the, the box, you're boxed in the room and you're boxed in. So that's that boxed in feeling you're talking about, Nicole. It's exactly it. And that's when you're in the state of going, and you're not even conscious you're not even conscious that there is a way there is a way to get out of it you're so frozen or so stuck in that in that thought process you said a very key word there because what it sounds like to me it, um is it's almost like the subconscious has is you know the subconscious is always in the background but it sounds like to me in this instance it's almost like the subconscious has become this um center stage monster it's almost like a blender on full throttle 
that has completely taken over. Yes, absolutely. You absolutely are right. And because exactly what's happening there is that it's actually the oldest part of our brain. You know, I'm sure I'm not sure if you know, but we have different segments of our brain, and it, this is the oldest part of our brain. It's our reptilian brain, and we've moved. When we're in anxiety, we're in a classic what's called in the mainstream a fight or flight. Um, experience. We're in that. We're in a. We're, our, our brain is in a state where we're in fight or flight. There is actually a whole range of hormones dumping in our system, creating. You know, really encouraging us to you know go and fight the mammoth or run from the mammoth, whatever our preference is. So what that means is is that it is. It's, that's the blender effect that you're talking about. You're just you're caught up in this spiral and. What's happening is is that your what your prefrontal cortex or what's known as your executive functioning brain is actually switched off. And we've all been given a tool, though, to switch that back on. And this is the step. This is, if anyone listening to this is experiencing anxiety, this is the one of the core things that I teach people, and that I, when I'm working with people, and that I've done very successfully for myself. And what you need to do in this instance is, it's about getting to the realization: oh, I'm I'm in this cyclical spiral, negative thought pattern, or I'm in a panic attack, or I'm having, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing physical things in my body that are telling me that I've got anxiety. So I know that now the only tool or the best tool that I can use to actually release myself from my old amphibian um, reptilian brain, I beg your pardon, to my prefrontal cortex is actually to put a big pattern interrupt into my physical body. And that pattern interrupt is actually a um, is actually using the power of your breath. So we've been given our breath. Obviously, we breathe automatically. We, this we've been given this breath of life. Um, and what we what we can do is we can use then this power of the breath to actually release ourselves out of the control of the anxiety and to get back into more of an executive functioning space. And um, so the way that you do that is you actually and there's a couple of different techniques I'll share with you. But the the really key way to do this is to is to actually what we need to do because when you're in a fight or flight, you know you're you're sort of <gasps> that hyperventilating sort of the body is breathing very quickly so what we do to create the pattern interrupt is we actually hold our breath now we're not holding it ad infinitum we're not holding it for a long time but what we're doing is we're putting a hold into our breath patterns and the simplest breath pattern that I teach people and that I can share with you today is something called square breathing so imagine you had a square on a piece of paper and at the top of the square you had four at the on all parts of the square you had you you, you wrote the word four then what you would do is you would breathe in for four three two one you hold for four three, two, one, you breathe out for four, three, two, one, and you hold for four, three, two, one. And you do that for, you know, you do that cycle four or five times. Now the pattern interrupt comes from the holding of the breath, because when you're holding the breath, you're telling your central nervous system, Oh, it's okay. The mammoth is gone. The, the the if we're holding our breath, if we're, if we're actually calming our breathing down, calming our our, our um, system down, we're now in a place where we can actually then um, stop releasing those hormones. Does that make sense to you? I, I know that's quite a bit that I've explained there, but it makes total sense. Basically, we're doing a big old pattern interrupt in us in our central nervous system by just holding the breath there. Yeah, absolutely. It actually makes sense because you know. Uh, Lisa and I, we've talked about the breath of life on our show several times and in it, you breathe to the count of seven and then you hold your breath for three seconds and then you release it very, very slowly. 
And I've always wondered mm. about holding the breath for three seconds. I'm like, I wonder what exactly that purpose is. And now I get it. It's the pattern interrupt. That's it. It absolutely is. And yes, the other technique that, that I teach is called ratio breathing, which is exactly what you're talking about. So you breathe in, you might breathe in for six, hold for eight and breathe out for 12. And this is something that there's actually a lot of benefits to this type of breathing. It's something that actually Tony Robbins teaches in terms of lymph. You actually get a lymphatic system drainage when you're doing this kind of breathing as well. But when we're talking about this, you know, from an anxiety perspective, it is literally from a physiological from a physiological perspective, it puts that that pattern interrupt in and it starts calming the central nervous system down. The other thing that what we because what we're wanting to do, so I'm going to talk about I want to talk about two things. The other thing, when you're in the height of an anxiety attack, you may not remember to do the ratio or the, the square breathing that I've just explained. But the one thing you can remember to do, and this is where I got my very first breakthrough in this, is you actually the other thing you need to do is you actually need to breathe into your the part of your body where you're experiencing the anxiety. So for me, I experience the, experience the anxiety very much in my gut. Sometimes, obviously, sometimes I'll, get, I'll feel my heart beating intensely, but I get this really strong, hot, shaky, awful feeling in my tummy. So what, what, what I have done and what I've done successfully and what I teach others to do is actually to breathe straight into wherever you're feeling the feeling. Now, this can seem a bit scary for some people. They go, but that's the anxiety that I want to run away from that. But remember that old saying, what you resist persists. We absolutely need to be breathing into the where the energy is. And there's a paradox here because as soon as you start breathing into it, you actually will, it'll start dissipating because the energy of the anxiety is being released. It's being dissipated. It's being, it's being acknowledged. And you mentioned earlier, Nicole, about this being a very subconscious activity. It is. And I like to say to people, anxiety is, you're a very normal person to experience anxiety. There's nothing wrong with you. What those of us who are experiencing more heightened anxiety are experiencing though, is that we're experiencing, um, you know, anxiety is actually a safety mechanism to keep us safe. We, you know, in you know, in years gone by, centuries ago, thousands, millennia ago, we needed to actually have a healthy fear of 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 the mammoth or, or the saber toothed tiger because potentially they were going to come for us and and we would want to be running away from them. But in this day and age, we don't have that same um, fear, but we do really um, we can have the same physical mm-hmm. response. And so, what we need to do is just understand that this is a. It's I often say to people, look. Anxiety is just your fear response a little bit out of, you know, it's out of control. It's imagine you've put the foot on the accelerator really hard in the car and the tachometer has just gone blowing out, like the revs of the car have gone way too high. You with your power of breath can bring that all the way back down and and achieve more internal calm. And you, you've got control. I think the other thing too is that people who've experienced anxiety, they feel, and I know for me when I was in my darkest moments with this, I felt like it was going to eat me alive mm. and I thought I was going to die as a result of the feeling of the anxiety. That's how bad it was. I literally thought I was going to it was going to kill me. Well, I can totally I, I and I can totally relate to this idea of breathing into the anxiety. I mean, I teach this to Brian when we're doing yoga. Mm-hmm. I tell him to breathe into the area where he feels the stretch the most. Mm-hmm. It's one thing that I learned through my yoga um, experience and learning from my body that, and, and I also knew this just from being a massage therapist. 
I always got my clients to breathe into the pain wherever I was pressing or, or leaning into for them to breathe into it because it, it actually, re- it's like you said, it releases it. But our first instinct is to run away, is to yeah. avoid it. <laughs> but this breath, this breath brings in what I, okay, so the way I see it is when it comes to stretching is it almost creates an organic stretch because an inhale naturally expands, right? When you breathe into your lungs, you're expanding your lungs. So when you breathe into that area, you're expanding. And if you're having anxiety, that's such a contracting kind of energy. You know, it's like, it's so tightening. So when you start to breathe in, you're absolutely expanding the area and allowing it to breathe. That's it. You know, it's funny. I learned from having children yeah, very young, and I had natural my children with natural childbirth, and I learned the Braxton Hicks method mm-hmm. of breathing, and I have to tell you, it helped me so much later when I actually developed anxiety and was having anxiety attacks that I I was brought back to that and was used breathing, but not because I was taught to use it for anxiety, but I was taught to use it to help me birth a child, birth this yeah. baby, and. Yeah. But it, isn't that anxiety birthing a Well, you're it's like Nicole just said, you know, your first reaction is to want to hold your breath. You know, and breathing into it makes yeah. such a big difference. It yes. is the programming. You know, I want to ask do you I know some people who have never experienced anxiety before mm. until recently. A good friend of mine, in fact, we just um had lunch and she was telling me how she is having anxiety lately and she's not even able to go to a yoga class, which really surprised me because this is someone who's very outgoing and, and would go to all sorts of different classes in the gym and, you know, lift weights with guys and just different stuff like that. And it kind of surprised me. And I was wondering what you think about the energies that have been coming in and just the shift and that this planet is going through and the unmasking Mm. that Jessica talks about um, in her, in her videos and in her teachings, that is that why some of these things are coming to the surface? You know, if anxiety is truly that subconscious mind kind of being in the forefront of things, is that the reason that people maybe are experiencing anxiety now when they hadn't before? Yes, absolutely. And we are, I would, I would agree with you. We look, we are in this, we're in this age, this year is all about our year. We're in a, you know, a year of self-awareness. We're in the first year. uh, We're in a, we're in a year of self-awareness and we're in this year of unmasking. So people who may, what this is what I've been observing, people who may not necessarily be um, on their spiritual path or see themselves on their spiritual path, they are all responding and having these major changes. The amount of relationship breakups, the amount of change that, that I'm seeing in people around me who may or may not be on their journey. There is, there's these new energies coming in and effectively, you know, on the 21st of December last year, the gateway to 3D shut and we really stepped into 5D. So even though, so everyone is experiencing a stripping back and everyone is experiencing um, a greater level of awareness of of things that might have been under the surface, they're actually surfacing now. They can't get away from them. So your um, your friend, whatever, I was, as you were talking, I felt, yes, she's had a triggering incident. So something has triggered her to suddenly move from being this confident person into into someone who, who can't go out at, at this particular point. And um, what, the, the you know, 
all I can say to people is, is that rather than turning away from these, you know, rather trying to avoid what's going on, walk, walk headfirst into it because, you know, for every negative, you, any negative that's occurring, it's actually a shortcut to greater awareness and greater enlightenment and greater joy on the other side. But we've just got to go in and weather the storm. So just as, you know, we've said with breathing into the anxiety when you're having a severe attack, when these things are starting to come up, when this unmasking is starting to happen, um, then yeah, then be open to it, I guess is what I'm saying. And because as you said, what you resist persists. Yeah, absolutely. And the more, if the, if people resist this this year, particularly in this first three months, as we lead it, as we're leading up to this retrograde in March, it will get, it will just get worse. Anything that you, anything that you thought you wanted to hold on to, or that you think you were trying to hold on to, it's it's actually likely to just slip through your fingers. That this is the level of unmasking that we're having. And look, I've been experiencing it in my own life. Um, I've gone into, you know, next level of relationships, really a couple of relationships, really looking at what's going on there. It's something that's happening everywhere. It's and it's affecting all of us. So it's actually what we what we choose to do with it. Um, what we yeah, what it's effectively what we choose to do with it and how we choose to react to this. And my best support and advice and guidance would be to say, you know. Basically, brace yourself, but have your eyes wide open. Really walk walk into this and be courageous. This is the time where, if we're courageous, particularly this next three months, if we're courageous and we really look to um, to face what's going on, face these demons, look at the things we've been avoiding, you, you will be amazed at how you come out the other side. And and if you look to change your story about things, I mean, that's the other thing that I, I'm often talking to people about is and teach people about is how to change your story. What is the story you're telling yourself about the situation? What's a new story that you can tell? But yeah, we're in this we're in this space and in this zone. Um, the other thing, probably, that I also wanted to just touch on was that, and it's related to everything we've talked about so far, is that when the Buddhists talk about becoming the observer, and um, when they talk about becoming you know, looking at becoming detached from a situation, what they're talking about is actually stepping out of the anxiety and looking at it, not seeing yourself as being inside or being the anxiety or being the problem that you're experiencing, but actually stepping outside and having the presence of mind, the presence of mind to actually look at what is going on. And that's that's a very key tool and to, that's what the breathing allows you to do. By breathing, we're stepping from the, you know, I'm giving you a whole lot of different ways of looking at this at the moment, but if, from a physiological perspective, we're, we're moving from the old brain, the, the reptilian brain, into the executive functioning. That's what's happening when we're doing the breathing. We're getting into the now and we can start watching what's going on for us rather than being in the thick of it and not being able to control what's going on. You know, it's it's interesting. It, it that idea of being the observer it's it's very similar to uh, a concept that Christian introduced two weeks ago uh, or at least when this airs two weeks ago um, you know about we were talking about history and you you know that there's some sort of witness you know that somebody somebody you know has to 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 see something to as a, you know, an external observer to see something before it's, I forget what he said. To shape the reality. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and um, and I guess from my perspective, I'm saying yes. It's actually when you can step back into the observer's seat. So instead of if let's use the analogy of playing tennis, um, we've just had the Australian Open here. It's been a big big festival. So you know, I can be the tennis player on the court. Or I can, in the thick of the game and in the stress of all of that, or I can be the observer watching the play. And what we want to do from, you know, if we're dealing with anxiety, we want to actually step back into that observer role and and watch what's going on so we can then be more calm and then actually come from a place of, of calm and quiet and peace rather than stress and anxiety. And then back to your comment about the, you know, you know, the great unmasking that's going on at the moment. That's what I'm also encouraging people to do is rather than being caught up in the story of that, step back from that and say, okay, yes, you know, some really bad stuff's going down right now. I get it. Um, And instead of being in the story of that, okay, how do I, what is this, what is the bigger picture for this, of this? What, What is it that perhaps I've been avoiding that I really need to look at? What's this story? What's this experience bringing up for me that I, that I've been avoiding that I need to look at? right now because this is all about this this next couple of months is all about looking at what you've been avoiding and dealing with it or the universe people places and things circumstances are going to come and they're just going to make you look at it that's what's going and that that is really where we're at and i i think the other the other important thing that that we've touched on a little bit is being transparent and speaking about these things. I think it's the time now. In fact, I just had a conversation with my sister, Kathy, who I know is listening to this this morning about sharing the, the fears and sharing the dark side of yourself with everyone and not keeping it hidden, you know, talking about the fact that you have anxiety or you have depression or suicidal thoughts or whatever it may be that you've been hiding from the world that you're ashamed of. And I think the more that people come out and start talking about their experiences with these things and shedding light on them, that we can start, you know, getting rid of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Start letting them go. Yep. Absolutely. And I can, and I, in terms of my journey, I can tell you absolutely. It's been, this is, it's, it's the most, I talk about helping people find their freedom and helping people, you know, really step into their freedom. This is actually the, the, the point. It's actually about being coming truly transparent in terms of who you really are. Now, I could have come on this show today and talked to you about a whole range of things. I've got a lot of experience, I've, you know, helped a lot of people get their businesses online, a whole range of things. I could have come and spoken to you about that. But what's most, the most important thing I feel at the moment for me to be talking about is this journey of anxiety and how you can get over it because that is me being truly transparent because otherwise and this is something that is otherwise we we, we stand behind the mask of perfection and I'm not sure about you but I have I have certainly I've stood behind the mask of perfection for a long time but it's a very tiring lonely difficult and draining place to be because you're not. I think I'm the poster child for that. <laughs> no, well, you will see. You know what I'm talking about. But the thing is, yes. when you lay down that mask of perfection, you know it's it's an incredible. I can't I can't even begin to tell you the weight that has been lifted from my shoulders. I am a different person since I have become more transparent. 
and I'm more transparent across my life. This is not about um, me just being, you know, sitting here on this podcast talking to you about my journey. I'm transparent with my family, with my friends, with my colleagues, with my clients. I will go there if if you want to go there with me and I will help you go there if you want to go there with me in terms of whatever it is that you feel is holding you back because I, I know that um, and at the Quantum Revolution we talk all about vibration and frequency and, you know, the higher you are and you guys know about vibration and frequency, the higher you are up the frequency chart, the, the better and more and more flow you will be in your life. And let me tell you, transparency, if you can become transparent, if you can lay down those masks that you're um, that you're wearing and you can step into who you truly are and you really don't give a damn in terms of what people other people think your life you you step into freedom you step into a whole other stratosphere of of who you could possibly be and then that's when you can really start talking about manifesting and creating the life you want you know a lot of people say well I've done the law of attraction I've tried to manifest and it's just not working for me I can tell you why it's not working for them and I can tell you why it hasn't worked for me because I haven't been true and transparent and authentic to myself and to others as soon as you you let all of that other stuff go you step into this incredibly different space in yourself you know I one of the things that I I love to do personally is to find ways to relate something I'm not used to experiencing into something that I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so listening to you guys talk about this, you know, the way I see anxiety is it's like an inflammatory response um, of the body. And, you know, one of the things that um, if if we're talking about unmasking, our number one mask or mode of defense is our skin. And when the skin gets inflamed or itchy or anything like that, it's because something's trying to come to the surface and you keep avoiding it Mm -hmm. and you keep pushing it down. And that's kind of like what this anxiety is like. It's like an inflammatory response to something that really needs to be brought to the surface and made, um, made aware of brought to the attention because it then it, everything that we leave in the dark and in the shadows controls us. Absolutely. Until we find, until we shine light on it and bring it to the surface, it's, it's going to always control us. And so to me, it's kind of like when we take something that's like, obviously anxiety is more of a mental and emotional um, response, but it's, it's, um, it's like, it's kind of like the inflammatory response of the body. And I kind of just talking about the mask and the skin, it's just, it's for me, it just kind of pulls it all together. Yes. I think you're absolutely right, Nicole. I, from my own experience, I, and this was like 19 years ago, I all of a sudden started having anxiety attacks that were, they were so bad. I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. Mine were, you say yours are in your gut, Jen. Mine was just in my chest and mm. in my throat. Mm. And to the to the point where I was, you know, going to um, doctors and I was really worried that I was, like I had asthma. I'm like, I didn't know what was wrong with me. Like I was really constricted in my esophagus and I couldn't breathe at all. And, you know, basically what came to light for me was just childhood trauma and things that I hadn't dealt with Mm. that I just kept, you know, I kept this mask of perfection on that everything was fine. And, you know, all that stuff was behind me, but I never 
really looked at it or dealt with it or went through the emotions of feeling what it is that I needed to feel. So, you know, your description, Nicole, is just absolutely perfect. It was just something under the surface that was just, it was like, it is my time to come out. Like you better look at me and you better acknowledge me or I'm going to make your life miserable. That's how it felt. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, and it, it can come to a head like that. And it sounds like, yes, you, and that's exactly it. It is, there are things, I mean, typically the things that occur to us sub seven are going to create the patterns and the beliefs and the story and the experiences that we have in our life and there is trauma and typically there is trauma there is a fear of something you know there's a fear of something that's that's driving that anxiety um you know and and for me you know there was it was and it's it varies for different people but for me it was this this fear of of being you know abandoned or alone now I came from a I came from a really loving family and from very caring parents but for whatever reason that was what I picked up and that was what was a driver for me and we're, we're all got these different experiences but it's it is it's about actually as you say looking underneath and saying okay what is it what is it that's there and really having the courage to look at that and I think that's where you would have been on your journey you know there in terms of just saying okay it's time for me to look at this and I also think sometimes anxiety comes up in these waves it might come up for us later in life because we're then at a point of maturity that we can look at what happened you know perhaps many years ago as a child um we, we it doesn't come up till we're ready to really deal with it you know and that's exactly what I was told at the time that you know I asked like why is this coming up for me now and um I had sought out therapy and my therapist said that sometimes what can happen is if we have children, when our children reach the age mm -hmm. in which we experience the trauma, yep. that it triggers it for us. Absolutely. As well as being coupled with the fact that I was feeling safe in my life. Like I I was in a, you know, financially doing well in a in a relationship. I like everything felt mm -hmm. safe to me. And so it felt like a safe time to let it out as well but it can just come at you mm, out of nowhere that's exactly right and it can it can it can it, and it can fester like that but you're right and you were feeling safe so how great that you're in that position to be able to to finally just yeah look at it and, and let it go so it, it really is and look and what I want to say to people too is if people who are listening to this who are experiencing anxiety one of the other questions that I often get is is well what about medication should I be you know, should I let go of my medication? I want to say right now, I'm not a therapist, but what I absolutely see say is that if you're on medication, there's a good reason that that the that someone may have put you on that, and you need to be you need to be really acknowledging that that's an okay place to be. Place to be. It's a place of courage to actually um, say, okay, I need some help. If someone had diabetes, would we deny them their medication to help them with their diabetes? Would we do that? No, we would not. Well, food is better changing your diet is better. Food is better. Yeah, look, and look, there are a whole range, I agree, Brian, and there's a whole range of things that do need to happen. I'm not saying just rely on medication. And there's a whole range of things. It's about, it's about really eating well. It's about sleeping well. It's about doing the calming meditative yoga style practices or whatever works for you to help you calm your brain down. It's about taking, there's something else I want to talk about. It's about taking the right supplements. So there's a range of things that you need 
that you can do to bring yourself out of this naturally. But I also, uh, sometimes people are demonized because they, particularly in, potentially in spiritual circles, oh, well, you know, you're spiritual, you shouldn't have to be taking medication or there's a lot of demonizing around that. And what I want to say is that mm-hmm. for some people, the medication can be the bridge to then healing. And I was I was only on medication for a very, very short period of time. But um, and I and I got off it as quickly as I could because I was doing these other practices. But what I would say to you is that anyone who's listening who is on medication, I want you to just feel good because that's a tool there that you also that's a tool that at the minute your body can work with. And over time, hopefully your body can work with other things to help it so you don't need as much medication. But I just I want to just normal I want to normalize that for people because I think sometimes people listening to go, Oh, you know, I'm on yeah. I'm on medication. I'm I'm gonna be on it for the rest of my life. You won't have to be. There are ways and means of getting around it, but don't be feel bad about being on it at the moment. No. It's 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 kind of like if you've literally been under anxiety, you've it's like you've been drowning and trying to catch your breath. You're trying, you keep mm-hmm. coming up to the surface. You're trying to catch your breath, but you keep going underwater. Someone finally throws you a life jacket, which could be the medication. It allows you to catch your breath. It Absolutely. allows you to recover somewhat until you are with have enough strength to take the life jacket off and swim back to shore. You know, like that. It's it's kind of like it. that. So no judgment around that. For me personally, I'm not a huge fan of medication, but I also know it has its place when it's needed. It's it, There are always room for certain things and we shouldn't be judging people because of certain methods may work for them versus others. Um, yeah, that's why I brought that up. The other thing too that I wanted to share with you today, and this is something that your um, listeners may or may not be aware of, but there are there's now a genetic marker that actually indicates um, that can actually, we actually know that it can, can, can be a precursor for you to get anxiety. It's not going to determine that you absolutely will, but it is something that, and it's something that you can work with naturally to address. And I'm not sure if you've heard about it, but it's called the MTHFR gene. Um, and so this, what's happened is in the last few years since the- I, I got tested for that recently and uh-huh. by my naturopath said that I may have the marker for that yeah. and- because it also affects your thyroid. That's right. And it also affects fertility. It affects a whole range of things. And um, so, yeah, this is a this is a really important thing for people. Again, in my journey, um, I heard about it probably about four or five years ago. I read an article. I was sort of I was at my wits' end. I was just like, come on, we've got to just be, we need to go to the next level on this. And um, so I read this article and I found this article and it it basically said yes that. Basically, the MTHFR gene—it's some—it's a gene that can be mutated. It can be mutated on one side or both sides, so on of, of the chromosome. If, if, and that, what that means effectively is that it could come from the matriarchal lineage or it could come from the patriarchal lineage. So you might have one side mutated, or you might have both. Now, if there is a mutation of the gene, and obviously if it's both, it's it's more 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 serious, more impactful. What this means is is that um, your body does not create a particular enzyme that then is the precursor to then being able to create serotonin and dopamine. Hello, if you can't create those things naturally, um, do you not think that there might be some potentially some, some potential issues there with anxiety or depression? So I took myself off to have the blood test and I went to a fantastic integrative doctor. So she's a, a a general practitioner, we call them general practitioners in Australia, but she has a complete holistic view around supplementation. And I said to her, could you please test me? And because I said, I'm pretty sure I'm probably mutated on both sides. 
and I was, and um, no surprises there because there's a history in my family of anxiety and depression as well. So um, anyway, I got tested and the answer was yes, that I was. And then the the response to that, there's no drug that one needs to take. It's actually about taking different sorts of vitamins and supplements at different times of the day to actually help the body um, create and do what it needs to do. So I just wanted to let people know there is a very if, – if you, if you really feel concerned about how your um, – you know, your journey with anxiety and you can't seem to get on top of it. You might, you know, be meditating like a demon and doing all sorts of things, you know, doing yoga three hours a day and still not getting any breakthroughs. There could be some physiological impact here that you could look at as well. And certainly for me, that has helped me in my journey. So I do meditate. I have very strong self-care routine and I can talk a bit about that in a moment, but I have a very strong self-care routine, very, very, live a very healthy life but I needed again this this has actually helped me it's been another step in my healing journey around this so I just wanted to share that with people because sometimes many people haven't heard of that quite yet what what are the supplements that help with that so it's I was going to ask is magnesium one of them magnesium at night so magnesium yes definitely at night um but in the mornings it's about b vitamins particular b vitamin vitamins so I take a, a methyl b6 and a B3. So those are very, very important. Plus my, my doctor at the time, you really probably do need to go to a, a naturopath or a doctor who can help you with this. But um, basically my doctor at the time put me on specific things. She also, there was specific amino acids that my body needed that it wasn't getting in the food. And we all know, you know, sometimes we're not getting what we need completely in our food. So how do we supplement for that? Um, I also take high levels of zinc and vitamin C to support my my immune system. So, and then at night it's about magnesium, for me now it's about magnesium and fish oil. Um, I don't have to take anything too much at this other else at this point. So, you, but I just wanted people to know that there's there's different ways of there's many many ways of getting healing around this. There's, there's different things you can do that are going to complement each other, and then the jigsaw puzzle will will fit together, and you can really step into a great place with all of this. But a lot of it too, aside from the supplementation, it is the way you're living your life. So it is about getting enough sleep. People who are highly anxious need really do need more rest. Um, it is about eating really, really well. And it's about having a very high level of self-care because if you're not rested, well rested, you're not eating well, if you're not looking after yourself, then tr- triggering things can happen for you that will send you off, whereas they won't send other people off. It's just about understanding yourself and your body um, very clearly. And then finally. It- well, speaking of getting rest, <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to say you you mentioned getting rest and I know that you had insomnia for decades and that was kind of healed during Quantum Revolution mm-hmm. Tour. Did you want to share with the audience your experience mm-hmm. with that? Because that's that's pretty big. It was pretty big and, and it really, really was. And I mean, the Quantum Revolution, Revolution Tour was amazing. And for me particularly, so I'm coming from Australia. So I'm coming from the east coast of Australia. I had to fly to Miami, which is pretty close to the east coast of the US. So it's a long way from here. It's a 24-hour journey by the time you're on and off planes and um, you've, you know, really door-to-door, it's a 24-hour journey. So I went to Miami in October, very excited. Um, I was speaking um, on the stage with Jessica about how to turn your new reality, how to create your new reality and your old reality, um, and really looking at this from a quantum perspective. I I spoke a bit about anxiety and how to turn all that around. And so I went, it was a very, it was an amazing few days. I I led the yoga um, activities that we were doing, all those sorts of things. And I had, 
I really put my sleep issues to one side. I just said, well, whatever it is going to be, it's going to be because I really, I'm, I'm here, I'm excited and I'm part of the process. But as you know, you've spoken with Jessica and you've heard what we what we do at these events. It's about the room was really pumped full of, of really high level um, frequencies. We were drinking quantum water. We were doing lots of breath work. There was lots of change and, and movement and sound and light frequencies that were really impacting my body. And the the fascinating thing for me was that I so I did that long journey to Miami. I was only in Miami for five days, and I had to come back to Australia because I had um, some client commitments that I needed to to work on. I came back, and my sleep patterns, my issues around sleep, were 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 gone. All of the fear and anxiety I had because I think there was an anxiety response that I had around sleep. It was gone, and I can't even. It wasn't something that I'd gone to Miami to specifically address. Um, it was probably the last thing on my mind, but it was one of the great outcomes as a result of that event. And all I can say to you is, it was the full body immersive experience that I got in Miami that made all of the difference. It was just, it was, we were we were turning on DNA. We were using frequencies to turn on DNA to really help access more of our brains and to really start um, shifting into you know our highest potential. And I, that's what I managed to do with my sleep. So it was sort of like a a really amazing you know, side note, side benefit to what had already been an, an incredible experience for me. You know, you just said something that makes me wonder something. <laughs> you talked about this idea of the full body immersion and activating DNA. And you then just talked about this gene that inhibits uh, the flow of serotonin and um, dopamine. So would it then be possible that these activations, this DNA activation is turning on the things that weren't turned on in you? Yes. Um, that that is a, might be turned on in others? Yes, absolutely. And Nicole, I was, I was saying to someone the other day um, that actually I'm going to go and get myself retested for that gene. In a, in a, I'm going to give myself a year of real immersion and another year of, of real immersion in this work. But if we if we listen to Bruce Lipton's work around the epigenetics, you know what we think is what we believe. Um, it, this is something that I certainly am interested in looking at because I believe that you know, I don't, I no longer see myself as someone as, as a, as a victim of anxiety. What I do see is that I see myself as someone who's experienced anxiety, who may have anxious moments from time to time, but I now, I live a very different life. I don't label myself that way. And I also, I've, I've, cr I've created a whole different story around my life. And that's the, the other piece that, that I, we talk, we talk about at the quantum revolution and that I talk about specifically, you know, change your story, change your life. And that's what you get to do when you come on a on a quantum revolution tour event with us. You actually get to step out of your old life. You get to step into this full body immersive experience. And it is we're here we're here having a physical experience. And I know a lot of people who are light workers love to be meditating, doing work in the ethers, um, doing all sorts of things. You know. And, and and to be having those communications. I mean, I have a light language myself. There's a whole range of things that I love to do. I love meditation. I love going into that space. But I also have to acknowledge that I'm fully here. I'm actually having a fully physical experience and I'm in this vessel that is designed to have a fully physical immersive experience. So instead of me going into the ethers for an amazing experience, let me be here fully right here, right now in my body. And let me actually start turning on some of the, 
um, the, the let's me start turning on some of the DNA. Some let me start activating some of these things in my body that are lying there. Some of these skills in my body, and some of these resources in my body that are lying here latent. Um, and that's a really important thing. What is what we're doing at the Quantum Revolution Tour is we're we're again helping people step into their freedom, take their power back, and really tap into some of these resources and some of these things that are latent inside of us that we don't even know that they're there. You know, Joe Dispenza's written a book called Becoming Supernatural. And the fact of the matter is, is that we can, and this is what we want, what we're our really, I guess, our true mission at the Quantum Revolution Tour is to do, is to help people step into their freedom and to start actually using the body and start manifesting from the body as we were meant to as we were actually as as we from this from the innate resources and tools we've been given we've just been shut off from this technology for thousands of years the ancients knew more about how to manipulate time how to manipulate their bodies how to actually move and and um and and engage at a deeper level with themselves than we do now for all of our amazing technology and the internet and our ability to fly we actually don't know enough about this one vessel that we have and that's what the quantum revolution is all about is we're actually helping people step into and discover more about themselves and to you know open up more of their brain's potential and open up more of their body's potential using this vessel that we have i think that's great because if there if there's one thing that i feel like the spiritual community really downplays is the impact of our vessel it's all about mm. uh, you know what can we meditate which dimension can i move into but you're here right now in this mm-hmm. body there's got to be a really good reason why and you yeah. know you, when you talk about the ancients you know you can go back to the very simplest thing that almost anyone knows the rain dance you mm. know this idea of that you know that that the ancients were able to use their body and dance and movement to create rain if they needed to bring the rain in you know it's 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 there's a reason why they had all those rituals and I think it's really nice to hear someone finally talk about the importance of our vessel because there's so much um there's so much emphasis on either the mind and the heart and the emotions and the pineal gland and all and that that's all great it's all very powerful stuff you know we want to use utilize all of it but in that sentence yes you want to utilize all of it which is your body as well and how to move the energy through you in this actual realm absolutely so thank you for emphasizing yeah, absolutely because we 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 particularly analysis in our western society i can't speak for i won't speak for other cultures um because i spent a lot of time in bali and they do things very differently there but um in our western culture we're living from the neck up you know we're not engaging our body we're not actually acknowledging it, it for the power that it has and you know a lot of this tech this technology and information has been shut away from us and now it's time to actually start stepping into that and that's what the quantum revolution tool we're bringing we're, we're basically unveiling a lot of this stuff and it's showing people how they can engage particularly with different energies how they can engage with scalar energy around them and around us and how we can actually then engage our own brains and our own bodies to actually go to that next level within ourselves so it's, it's extremely exciting it's just and anything can happen I mean we we heard some amazing stories of people getting quite significant healings from illnesses that they were experiencing um, while they were there it was it, we've, we've heard some some very interesting things from people's experiences you know a, a little while ago you mentioned quantum water and drinking quantum water. Are, are you talking about the a brand or the brand that has CBD in it or are you talking about the the way that water behaves at a at a quantum level what's 
Great. Yeah, good, good question. So we've been working with Helena Riley from Quantum Sound Therapy, and so we she does have some quantum water that she has charged specifically. Um, but what we're and that's what we use there. We're also using her Miracoil devices, um, and basically what what that water is doing is that it is it has it has been you know put through her processes and it has been particularly charged. But we've all got the chance to charge our water through intention. So it is you know, this is something you don't have to wait to the quantum revolution to order to experience. You can be charging your own water now by putting intention into it as you, as you, you know, think a great thought before you pick up your next glass of water and then drink that in and knowing that it's charged. What we're creating at the quantum revolution tour is this, is this immersive whole body experience where you do, you've got the water, the essential oils, the, 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 the frequencies, the sound, the music, the dance, the teachings, the breath work, the meditation, it's all sort of coming together as a as a as an immersive experience okay but so the, the water itself is part of that. okay so for, so for our guests don't google quantum water because you won't find what you're looking for no not in this instance what you'll find you'll look you'll, you'll you might find something along those lines but in terms of this particular experience that we're developing we, we've, we're actually it's it's very if you like it's very it's it's a very choreographed experience for people to come in and get a particular outcome you know we really want people to come in wake up remember who they really are in terms of the highest potential to really start accessing more of their brain and then for people if people are wondering about i'm really not sure of my purpose in life i'm really not sure what my plan is i, I know i'm here to do something then to come in and actually get some clarity around that and then get get some tools to then go and live this new quantum reality in their own you know in their old reality and one of the things that i want to highlight very clearly is that what we're sharing on the weekend is about how do you Bring the goodness of what you've learned, what feels right for you into your old life. This is not about going home and, and clearing house and moving out and changing everything about your life. Far from it. It's actually about saying, well, how do I go home and live as my heightened, my, my new self inside my old environment? And how do I, how do I um, take action and live from a place where people will just ask me, what's going on with you? Your energy's changed. You, you feel lighter. You feel more connected. I want some of what you've got. So it's not about going home and, you know, getting rid of the husband or, you know, kicking the cat out or changing the job or anything like that. Although sometimes that can help. Well, <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not an advocate of cruelty in any way, shape or form. But, but no, no, no. I meant, the, I meant no. kicking the husband kicking out. Kicking the husband out. <laughs> and if that's in your heart, then do that. But I always say to people, uh, particularly after a big immersive event like this, don't make any major decisions for at least two weeks to a month until after you've been through an event like that. It's 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 not fair to yourself and it's also not fair to people around you. You need to go home, get grounded. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and we 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 will, we are supporting people when they when they leave the tour they're supported to, um, you know they can step in and, and get some support ongoing after the event as well because we do believe it's we're we're really not into Jessica and I have a very strong view that these weekend workshops where you go you get pumped up and leave with no support as, are very dangerous so we have in place a place where an opportunity for you to then and we're, we're still shaping up what that looks like but it'll be to step into a into a supportive process afterwards. So it's about, mm -hmm. you know, getting, getting, really seeing what is possible for you by coming to the event, really stepping to that potential, creating a plan for your life. A lot of people come to me and say, I'm not sure of my purpose. I don't know what my plan is. Come and join us at the Quantum Revolution Tour. You'll get some clarity about what's really most important to you. And you'll also get some clarity about what you've been avoiding and how you can deal with that to then, then move forward. And you may witness uh, Brian's DNA getting activated uh, and turning off his skeptic gene. 
I could I could do that now. One nine hundred. Activate my DNA. Anything's possible, Brian. You can come over. What is it to the light side or the dark side? I don't know what you would call us over here. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> With all the light language I speak to you, your DNA should be activated. We're getting close. That's right. You, you've got some. You've got some DNA happening there. That's for sure. So yes, oh, Brian, okay. we want to turn your DNA back on, baby. If you so choose. If you say choose. I'm open. Well, I think you're coming, so that shows me you're open. He's definitely open. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to go back to what you were talking about about the body and and the vessel, and you know, we're here, and you know, we we meditate and do all these things, and just how important it is to take care of our body and when you were talking about it, it just made me think about all the the chemicals and the processed foods and the sugar and everything mm. that this country consumes so much of and how dense that is and how yeah. important it what a vital part of of your awakening it is to get rid of those things in your life and to, to help uh, your body absolutely. become lighter Absolutely. You're like food is information. So whatever food you're putting into your body, you're putting a certain level of information into that. So everything, everything is encoded with frequency. Everything that we experience, the light, the sun, you know, when you sit in the sun, you're getting a particular frequency. Like my husband says, he says, I just love, he's, he's actually Middle Eastern. And so he's, he's a, he's a, a man of the desert and he loves nothing more than actually being out in the sun and working. And I often say to him, you know, you should be wearing a hat or sunscreen. He goes, no, I said, I just love the, the sun. It's, it's giving me something. And, um, the food definitely is something that you absolutely, we absolutely need to be careful of. And, Look, I do understand about the foods of the American culture and I would say to you if you can get off the sugar, the number one thing to get off more than anything is the sugar because it's it's a it's a, a toxic it creates toxic um, responses in the brain and in the body. It creates huge inflammation. And this is where you know to eat as much whole food as possible, as least processed I can in our household we eat very little processed food. Every everything that we eat is is grown at the local and bought at the local farmers markets. We don't use tinned sources, or we make everything from scratch. As you know, as as much as we can, because we're real believers that whatever we put into our body is actually going to show back up in our psyche and in our psychology and in in our in our basically in our energy aura and our it's gonna it's going to impact us. So really it's about eating as cleanly as you possibly can, as much fruit and vegetables, so, salads, seeds, um, all of those sorts of things um, to really just give your body, keep your body as light as possible, but to keep it as clean as possible. And and I know and I've seen people on the journey of of detoxifying from from Western food. And I think in our culture, because our advertising, because what we see all around, I mean the billboards, the 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 just our whole culture, it's it's promoting something that is opposite to being healthful. It's actually promoting, you know, fast food treating. It's all very short-term gratification kind of food that actually does nothing. It actually keeps us drugged. And I have a real belief that sugar is just it's 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 you know, it's the most incredibly intoxicating drug in our society, and it's ironic that it's actually so freely available. It's a real drug. Amen. And Amen. You know, we've we've actually we've actually talked about this um, on one earlier episode mm-hmm. after after Lisa and I watched a couple documentaries. Mm. The uh, the sugar pill, the right? magic yep. pill, the magic no, the, yeah, the magic pill and sugar coated, 
were two outstanding documentaries that that dive on into ne- both on of Netflix. these about on Netflix. One about sugar's evil, and one about how food can can change. I mean, can cure you. That's that's why I mentioned earlier when you mentioned diabetes, and you immediately said, you know, something about you, you may know, need drugs. Medication. I'm like, whoa, 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 because you, you don't. Well, that's true. Well, and I'd look. I'm not. A, I'm not a, up with that enough. But I'd, I guess in the yeah, in the mainstream sense, people would still need might need might feel that they would need medication. But yeah, you're right. I'd I'd be interested to find out more about that. I'll have to watch those shows in, because in the and you're right. In the mainstream sense, you're absolutely right. But we're not the mainstream here on Enlighten Up. No, you are not. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I am loving it. You are definitely and Brian, and you are not the mainstream. This is a skeptic is talking, which is which I is know. Great. I'm just no, like, no, no. what is that, going see, on that here? That has nothing to do with skepticism. I mean, that is, I mean, eating healthily and you know what you put into your body is information. I lo- I you know I, I I love that. I mean, that has nothing to do with skepticism. That has to do with everything is relative. I, you know, if you had health. someone who was no, if you have someone who's grown up on McDonald's and fast food their entire life, and then you walk into their life telling them it's toxic, they can't eat that, they, they're going to look at you and go, dude, what are you on? Just let me live my life. Mm. And they're, and and you, you are going to be me and Jen and Lisa, <laughs> and they're going to be you. That's how we are with your parents. That You know, we talk to them about the way that they eat and they, it's, you know, it just goes right over their head. Although, yeah. how shocking was it the other day when I was talking to my dad? He asked me about the 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 keto diet, the you know ketosin. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. So I gave, so I gave him a book. I gave him a book called The Plant Paradox, which is which is uh, the the wasn't that the the guy that did the movie the the magic pill or well anyway no. we found it. You might be interested in that that book mm. as well called The Plant Paradox. That gets into uh, lectins, lectins, and mm. how they're bad. For but just cutting that cutting out be- process. I mean, if you just had to take one step and, you know, just cutting out sugar or cutting out processed foods or, you know, things like that, it's just That's it. the best first and- step. That's exactly right. And look, what I always say to people is, is just don't feel you've got to do it all, you know, don't feel you've got to do it all at once because you know what, that will just breed a a really, potentially with food, if you've been having sugar and and so on for a long period of time, that's just going to breed, you know, a a cold turkey effect and you'll be wanting, it's like, because sugar is addictive and you'll just be wanting to get back onto it. So with any of these things, you know, and I often say to people, just start with five, like with the self-care, because I was asked the other day, you know, how do you do self-care if you can't share, you know, people have such busy lives. Just schedule in five minutes for yourself for self-care. It could be five minutes to do some yoga postures. That's where I started. It could be five minutes to do some meditation. It could be five minutes just to move your body in some way. Maybe it's five minutes to walk the dog. But just you can give yourself five minutes a day. And if you can't give yourself five minutes a day, I would be asking you about your commitment to yourself. And, and likewise with food, it's about, okay, I'm just going to cut one thing out. I'm not going to, um, you know, go cold turkey on everything because that's just too hard for the psyche and the body to sustain. And what the science is now saying is that it takes 66 days to create a habit, not 21. So we just need to say to ourselves, let's give ourselves some time. Let's be compassionate with this. And I, I really want to highlight that. Any change you want to make in your life, come to it with this sense of love and compassion and this sense of you know, this is possible for me rather than I can't do this. You know, this is possible for me. This five minutes I can give myself every day. I might not be able to give myself 50 minutes yet every day, but I can give myself five. And with the food, definitely. Well, and and, and to forgive yourself if you, if yeah. you miss a, a day. Yeah. You know, don't beat yourself up. 
That's it. Absolutely. And, and there's so much energy, you know, so much energy that we can expend. And I've done this a lot in my life where I've gone back and beaten myself up over something I should or shouldn't have done or said or should or said or, you know, whatever, something that I, a whole level of guilt, give myself a big guilt trip about something. Well, you know what all that guilt trip does is it puts me back further, my, my, my vibrational energy right back down the, the, the levels. And then I've got to do something to bring myself back up. I'm better to say, okay, right. I've had a little bit of a slip up there. Compassion for that. Let's move on. Today's a new day, and and just really focusing on on keeping that as a as a as a thing. And yeah, the food thing is is really significant. I remember for me, I um, when I was about twenty three, I because I'd enjoyed chocolate bars and all those sorts of things. And then I was about twenty three. I just I had this realization that this was really not a good way um, to to live my life, and I just managed pretty much overnight to stop but I would say that I'm probably unusual and I probably have less of a sweet tooth I'm more of a I probably you know I like chips and things like that so I've got more of a salty tooth salty tooth salty disposition but just making a decision about one thing for yourself and making a change in there can make all the difference particularly in the food space you know and the one thing that I, I started thinking about too is people give up sugar and then they go to sugar substitutes so, you know, mm. I'm still amazed that people drink like diet Coke or, you know, diet sodas, oh. people yep. that I, that I think are healthy people or, you know, eat pretty well. And then I'll see them drinking a diet soda and, and you would be far better off drinking the regular soda than you would be the diet soda. You so would because of the chemicals in there. I mean, here in Australia, we, with diet Coke, and when I heard this, I sort of, I because in my 20s I drank Diet, Diet Coke as well. Here in Australia, I'm not, I'm not sure what it's like in the US, but here in Australia our pilots of our airlines, uh, it's illegal for them to drink diet sodas, particularly Diet Coke, because of what's in them. So there's wow. a question for you. If our pilots aren't allowed to drink diet sodas because of what they might do to them when they're flying, what, uh, what is in that that would stop that? That would, would cause and why that are requirement. they serving it in the back of the plane? Yeah, huh? And why is it still a legal substance in our mainstream societies? So, you know, we talked mm-hmm. about this, Nicole and I, recently, the other night, actually. And when we, when, when we eat these foods, when we purchase these foods, we're giving our consent to them. Yep. You know, so we're, they're, we're essentially being poisoned, you know, slowly. Mm-hmm. But these foods are poison to our system. But when we buy them and we consume them, we're giving our consent. So they, they're, you know, people ask, why is, you why vote, is this you vote stuff with your dollars? Right. Why is this yeah. stuff, you know, still being made? I was watching the Super Bowl for about five minutes yesterday, and the commercials were just—they're so hard to take. The the new Coke commercial that came out and making it just seem like this just beautiful, wonderful thing that's going to just bring you love and bliss and happiness, you know, the Mm. programming that goes into this and it's poison. It it is. It just blows my mind. It's, yeah, it's incredible. And I think we're going to, with the making of these documentaries that you mentioned, like Sugar Coated and the Magic Pill, we're moving into it, I think in 20, maybe, maybe not, maybe 20 is too soon, but definitely 30 years time. We'll be looking back at that sort of advertising that you're talking about. We'll be looking back like we look back at, you know, the smoking advertising of the 50s and 60s. I mean, that was horrifying. I, I, I saw something the other day where it said, you know, doctors said that smoking is good for you. Some doctors said that in the 50s or 60s in the, in the US. But if we helicopter above all of this, and I don't want to get too 
out there, but if we helicopter above all of this, what we're talking about here is we're really talking about you know, societal conditioning and, and we're living in a matrix where there are certain things in place and, look, we could go off on another discussion about this. We probably don't have time, but there are certain things in place that, that are in place, our foods, our governments, our news agencies, a whole range of things, they're in place to keep us as a society managed. And I would say to you that our food and our, our input of our food and alcohol is, is a really major part of that. Absolutely. You know, and I, and, and I, we won't go into this discussion. I'm just going to, I'm going to briefly talk about it. And I think I would really like to do a podcast episode on this, Lisa and Brian, but you know, sometimes people just don't really, you know, the sugar or what's poisoning me. It's just, it's not enough to like really kind of grab you by like, if you think about a mom and it's kitten, like grab you by the scruff of your neck and like kind of shake you and wake you up. Like this is not good for you. And we talk about, you just talked about the Super Bowl and the programming that goes into you making sure that you like, if you actually, if people really understood the, um, the evil behind what is going on in the food companies and how they're poisoning us, you know, I've talked about this on one of my videos and Lisa and I were talking about this on the weekend, the Cenemix um, being used in, in a lot of processed foods, uh, Pepsi products in particular is a huge one, but they're in a whole range of processed foods. And what people don't understand is Cenemix is a company that uses aborted fetal tissue in their food products and drink products. So to get you used to this idea of, and I know it sounds really far and out there, but it's happening. I mean, this is legal. You can look this up and find out information on this is not a conspiracy. This is actually happening that aborted fetal tissue is being put into your food. And there's a patent on it. You can look up the patent. Yeah, there's a patent on it. And so, you know, like there is so much evil going into the food industry because of what it actually does. You know, you said this, um, Jen, uh, you know, earlier that, you know, you, it's information. Mm. It, it, it goes into our DNA. It goes into our body and it, and it works on us. And so when you think about it from that aspect, I mean, we're talking about sugar as a poison, but it just, there's so many things that go deeper. And I mean, I'm not, we're not going to get into it right now, but you know, per, I would like to do a podcast on that because I think it's important information that everyone needs to know because it's happening. It's not a conspiracy theory. And Absolutely. You know, so, and, yeah. Um, and I want to bring it full circle back to anxiety as well, because I think the whole point of, you know, talking about food and and the impact that it has on your body and your and your mind and your spiritual development and all of that you know if you're having trouble with anxiety i think that that's one of the first places to to look is what are you putting into your body you know like you said Absolutely. maybe you're missing up out on supplements and things but if you're eating processed foods or drinking diet sodas or coca-cola or mcdonald's or whatever it is then that may be impacting your mind Absolutely. And absolutely, I would completely agree. And it, it absolutely would be. And so that's why I've observed a real, why I have observed a really clean diet for many years now, because I knew what the, what food was doing to me. And there's another food ingredient. We've talked about sugar a lot, but there's another one that is um, very dangerous. And you can talk, you're, we can talk about this another time, but monosodium glutamate, so MSG. And that's in all, that's in so many things. It's in your, your stocks. I mentioned earlier that we make at, here at my place 
place we make our own food we do we never even buy we don't even buy vegetarian um, commercially made stocks because they've all got MSG in them and that's an incredible poison for the body and MSG it's it's um it's it's not only no it's labeled as that but it's, there's a whole range of things anything with yeast extract it's got a whole range of other little names that it's called and it'll be in your foods too natural flavoring is one of them too that's right and then you look at so all that food so biscuits chips crisps anything that you have any anything flavored will undoubtedly have that in it. So it's really, you've got to be so careful. And if, if I come back to, I guess, what I said to earlier, you know, one of one of my very my maxims is change your story, change your life. So change your story about your anxiety, change your life. Change your story about being a victim to anxiety, change your life. But also change your story of the food that you think is appropriate for your body and you will change your life. It's like it's, it's changing the story we tell ourselves about what we enjoy and what we like. And, um, you know, the food manufacturers, um, the food manufacturers actually, they build into the food what's called the bliss point. Um, I coordinated many years ago now an eating disorders conference and we had a, a person who'd worked for the big food manufacturers speaking. And she said the food is manufactured to create in humans what is called the bliss point. The bliss point. Listen to that. There's a, that's like, that's the point where we've got them. We've got them drugged and we've got them hooked. And um, so mm. really it's just yeah, about changing, changing your story about what food is good for you as well and, and getting away from the story that society says that those things are okay because just because they're advertised to us doesn't make them acceptable to us. Absolutely. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, let's leave this on, a, on an exciting note because yes. we're excited to meet you at the Quantum Revolution Tour, Jen. I can't <laughs> wait to meet all of you guys. It's just been so amazing um, speaking with you and to have to, to, to think that we're going to be meeting in, in a very short period of time in, in March in Las Vegas is just super exciting to me. So I can't, I can't wait to meet you, throw my arms around all of you and give you a big hug and, um, and to really – I just know. be part of the process together I think because this is the other thing that we know is that everyone who's coming we've got some amazing people coming like yourselves and everyone who's coming is going to actually add to the, the container the space that we're creating so it's not just about it's 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 about who's coming is going to make a big difference and I think we might have spoken off air about the fact that we are also at the end of the event where we've chosen these locations specifically to do healings and at the end of the event we're going to be going to the Mandalay Bay Hotel where that terrible shooting happened to do a healing and I know that um, you guys will be very integral to that process so we're just I'm just super excited really can't wait to have you guys there and to be part of it all and and to to just really soak it all up and for us all I'm going to be I'd be curious to find out what what breakthroughs you guys will get from coming to the event maybe we can come on after the event and have a chat about that I'd love to sort of even interview you three about how that was all went that's a good idea yeah see how it was for you yeah so that'd be really yeah, fun. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it would be fun just to hear your and, experiences. Uh, yeah, and you just speaking about the Mandalay Bay thing gave me chills down my legs. Mm-hmm. And it's like that speaks to the power of the vessel. Mm. By you going there and using your vessel as this uh, almost like this portal of energy to transmute and cleanse and clear that energy and then and, and then raise the vibration. That's what you get to do with your vessel. Like that's the power of the body. Yeah. You know, and um, I, I, I'm really excited about doing that because that's how that's one of the ways there are so many ways, but that's one of the ways that we get to affect change. It absolutely. Jessica chose 
Vegas because it could use some heightened yep. vibration. We are going to play. <laughs> yes, it could, and we. That's why we're and we're specifically going to places around the world where trauma has occurred, and we know that. Las Vegas, I mean, it was a gold rush town, but we know that there's trauma happening there every day. And this is just about sending out some good love and some good energy. It's it's not about getting on a high horse. It's just about saying, okay, we're here to just sort of break up some of the density that's here and to, to perhaps just indicate that there's a different way of doing things. And to pick up on what you said, Nicole, yes, absolutely the body is the vessel. And um, this is something that I've really been working with this 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 last year or so in terms of you know, I read a book about part about life beyond this realm and this plane, and it was a channel book. And the comment came back from the from the from the beings on the other side was that we actually we come back to Earth because we want to have a physical experience. Because in this in the etheric realms, we can't touch and feel and taste things. So that really gave me another perspective in terms of, hey, you know what, we actually, this, whilst, while, while life might be hard at times, we also have these incredible opportunities for these moments of joy and bliss to, because we can touch and feel and hug people and have, have, you know, amazing experiences with people that we can't necessarily have in the etheric realms. So there's a benefit to us being here. Yeah. And yes, you know, let's, let's celebrate that I, benefit. And that's, that I guess is what the quantum revolution is all about is helping us really celebrate being here in our bodies and having this physical experience in a way that's going to, we're going to help you supercharge this experience so that it's so much better than it ever was before. Hmm. I like the word supercharge. Yeah. And the supercharge. time is now. That is the time is it now, is now to come to this event. The yeah. time is now. It, yeah. it really is the time is now, particularly with what we're about to go through in the next three months and then the changes that are going to be happening in the next few years on our planet. We really need to be geared up. We really need to be ready and we really need to be able to respond to what's going on. I don't want anyone caught in the dark, you know, going, oh, my God, or, in the, you know, like deer in the headlights going, oh, my God, we didn't know this was going to happen or we don't know how to deal with this. We want you to get prepared, and this is a great way of getting yourself prepared, getting yourself prepared, taking full responsibility and really stepping into your own power because you're going to need it. We're going to need it in the next few years. We're going to need our own power. Well, Jen, if our audience wants to get in touch with you, um, how can they do that? Well, they can get in touch with me. Um, they can find me. I'm just thinking the best way. Do you mean in relation to the Quantum Revolution tour, or me, or me personally? Both. So, me personally, um, I'm on Facebook as Jennifer Ramsey. Um, so, and it's a bit of an orange picture of me. So, just 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 type in Jennifer Ramsey, Brisbane, Australia, and you will find me. And I'll be very happy to friend you and and chat to you more about what I do, um, because I do do coaching for people personally to help them with their anxiety, but also help people taking, you know, finding their voice for their businesses. But in relation and in, but more importantly, in relation to the quantum revolution tour right now, you can find us at quantumrevolutiontour.com. And that's all about the event. And I think you have a specific, unique enlighten up link that I would love people to follow. So if you want to put that will probably go on the show notes. And then we also have a quantum revolution tour Facebook community. So it's just called the Jessica Allstrom quantum revolution community group. And we would love to see anyone in there because you'll be able to get our regular energy updates. You'll, you'll see and hear what's going on about the tour and you'll be able to just, just be part of what is a really becoming a very beautiful um, and, uh, and very exciting community that we're, that we're building. Oh, that's great. Well, um, to our audience, 
you definitely want to come. So if you do, you need to book a hotel room at the Red Rock Hotel in Las Vegas because that will get you a 50% code uh, coupon to use on your QRT ticket that we will be able to give you. Just email us info at enlightenup.us and we'll be able to give you what that code is so that you can uh, get the ticket at half price off, which is great. And all that information is in the description below. And all that information is also on our website under the events page. So if you do need more information, uh, you can head on over there to find it all out. Um, Jen, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having. Oh, thank you all, all three of you. It's been, I've just loved our conversation and I really, really appreciate you and the amazing work that you're doing through this podcast. You're really spreading the word and really allowing and supporting so many people with what you're doing. So I just want to thank you for creating what you've created. You're, you're three amazing human beings and I can't wait to actually see you in the flesh in March. I think it's going to be really, really exciting. So looking Can't forward to it. Yeah, before we know it, Brian's just going to be a ball of energy. I know. <laughs> I am a ball of energy. He is. He's going to be just he's going to be in his light body. He he is well, he could he could actually he could actually trans he could go into his light body right in front of us. That would exactly. be the most amazing thing. So yes. yeah, so <laughs> that's really great. And look, and with that um with that 50% off promotion, it is only it's running for a limited time and definitely talk with the you know, talk Talk with go to info at enlightenup.us to get that code because you'll need to book book your room and then you send that room booking to the group here and then then you'll be able to get that code from them for that fifty percent off. So we're excited. We're very much looking forward to seeing you in Las Vegas and uh, and having an amazing time together. It'll be just fantastic. Yeah, I've already had a couple of people email me about it. So um, hopefully we'll see more of you there and. Uh, this has been a really great show because as we've talked about anxiety, which is something we haven't really touched too much on. So for any of our listeners, if you know someone who's suffering from anxiety, please pass this show along to them. And uh, again, Jen, thank you so much for being here. Brian, Lisa, I love you so much. And to our audience, we love you. We will catch you all again next week. Thank you all for joining our show today. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to see us have on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us. And please follow us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for more insight from her or visit her website, inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading. You can watch some of her most informative videos or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, Lisa Loves Love, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we will be back with you all next week. Mm -hmm.